quick, real quick. There we go. There we go. You're all trimmed up. Who, me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Choppy, choppy. Going to the casino tonight, you know. But I better look neat. I have no idea if that's truthful or not. <laughs> Got my suit in the back. Ooh. Are your casinos different than ours? We don't wear suits to our casinos. Hey, but <laughs> People like smoke in them and like look like they just rolled off a ranch. <laughs> I wish we hadn't. I, to, to be fair, I don't think I've ever stepped foot in, in a casino, but yeah. I like the rolled off a ranch feel. Maybe I'll channel that tonight. Or like a bolo tie? <laughs> no, our... Um, our Business coaches are running a, a gala event this evening mm. to which we are invited. And That's it fun. happens to be at the, the local institution in Melbourne, which has a very bad reputation, as I'm sure many casinos do, to the point that I was like, oh, I really don't want to go to this just because of where they're having it. But it'll be fun. We've yeah, been on Zoom with very these people for a year, so it'd be like, it'd be nice to actually meet them in person. and Yeah. Definitely. Meet the other people who are in the program and et cetera. Be an experience. Are you sure this isn't like a multi-level marketing scam you're in? No. Oh, I want to meet <laughs> the other people in the in the program. <laughs> they all, they're all making a lot of money too, I'm told. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, no. Nah, that'd be fun. That's hmm. cool. Very cool. How are you? Are you being, you're not being shown off like a success story, are you? That'd be kind of cool. God, I hope, I hope not. He's going to bring you on stage. Meet Jam. He lost 50 grand last month. <laughs> he lost 70 before that, so he's doing great. <laughs> I have no room to talk uh, there, so. Yeah. Yeah, clap, clap. That sounded perfect, but I'm sure it's way off. That's about Based. four seconds at my end. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it always works. I mean, actually, last time. And this last part of the reason that the podcast didn't go up on time, I was just, you know, in a world of launching a new product for one. But then for some unknown reason, Descript is not showing me an accurate representation of the waveform to my video. So like I line it up and it's just off and I can't figure out how to shift it. I contacted support and they were like, they're just kind of like acting like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, am I in a no, like really. a virtual world where only I see the audio <laughs> being off? Like, what is happening here? So it's like real off if you watch the the YouTube. But I just like you know for a podcast sense, nobody. Can, it doesn't matter at all. But I was just very confused for quite a while. And I finally just went screw it. I just edited it with like the video off. So. Cool. Oh, it's it's infuriating when the um you lose sync in the script. It can be very hard to get it back. When you're halfway through cutting it all out, it's like, oh. Well, what I thought was happening was that I've heard of this thing called drift. So, like, over time, the time grows, you know, off the, like, so oh, you have really? to cut it some yeah. point down halfway through and slide it back again. Either yeah, way. Makes sense. I thought that was what was happening. It was not. It's the whole thing, which just, you know, I don't know. Maybe it works fine in Australia. I don't know. But. Four seconds off. It'll be fine. <laughs> They did just drop an entirely new Descript, and I'm a little put off. I mean, it's got some cool things, notably dark Why mode, which I love. Yay. But they've, like, moved Why stuff. And the way that you, like, you know how you used to scroll to, to make the timeline bigger and smaller real fast? Yeah. Gone. Gone. 
Now you mm-hmm. like pinch zoom on your tab. I don't know. It, I'm sure it's still good, but it's like some of the stuff that made it like really fast for me is now like slower. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Not that anybody else cares here. This week. I care. Just this is a podcast for sure. Don cares. We're talking about now, instead of talking about CNCs, we're talking about how we edit this <laughs> podcast. As if that's the content of the show. The highlight of our week, Justin. <laughs> what do you expect? My podcast editing software updated. <laughs> Amazing. Mm. So can we talk about the shiny, shiny video you sent me? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's not live yeah. yet, but it will be by the time this comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Since when have you been a professional video producer? It's taken me roughly seven years of fumbling <laughs> around, slowly getting better at it, buying better gear, understanding how lighting works, turning off my shop lights so they don't flicker. <laughs> yeah. The lighting's beautiful. Oh, thanks. It was kind of my weekend. I spent Saturday and Sunday okay. filming myself and... 200 some clips of me talking to the camera that ends up being like less than a minute of content just (laughs) over and over again saying the wrong thing or like I'd be looking at the screen and not the lens just getting confused has that hard drive space fine I I just keep buying bigger drives I think I have almost five terabytes that gets backed up to backblaze so eh. yeah I kind of went, it's just like cost of doing business down, like drive drive space is so cheap anymore, but I don't care, Mm. I guess. If I have that in my head too, and trying to think like, I'm wasting hard drive space while also trying to like record something, I'm just going to like implode. (laughs) I've definitely got myself doing that since having this Fuji and recording in 4K. It's like, I've definitely had moments when I'm shooting, I'm like, oh, I'm wasting so much data right now. Uh, my friend Tyler does like yeah. professional videography is like my go-to. He knows everything on how to edit anything or record. I'm like, I had the w- weird sound problem. He always has an answer. Uh, mm. He used a red camera recently, rented one. And it's like, oh, you bought a new red. You didn't say what it was. You just sent me a photo of it. He's like, no. He's like, I could never manage the data from this. Like it is mm. in like, cause you shoot it like raw. So it's like, I think it was 12K. It's a 12K sensor. You just imagine twelve K raw video. It just eats like <laughs> terabyte SSDs that it's you shove in it. That's that's terrifying. Just, yeah, but yeah, coming back to your video, mm-hmm. very nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So that's going up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if it'll I, like. I laughed at. Oh, go ahead. No, I laughed at your comment of like, oh, it's weird making such a short video. I'm like, well, three minutes. That's a long video. Compared to like a short video, you know, like a short, short, the new thing lately, but yeah, all yeah. my YouTube videos are probably average like 15 minutes at least. I just can never make them short it's... for some reason. So it felt like I had spent so much time recording and then it was like 319. What the hell? Like that's so short. <laughs> good. Product videos should be short. I think, I think that's true. In my opinion. I kept cutting stuff out of like, you know, you want, my goal is to give like an overview and like, I think there's still one more thing that I want to revise. I mean, I was talking with you about it. Like the why isn't always clear, but then again, it's like, if you're watching the video, you're probably already understanding why you would, why it's important in the first place. Like not, cause it's kind of hard to describe somebody that doesn't have the machine, why you'd even want it. You know, why do you want pedestals for your router? Yeah, sure. I think the why is really important for 
conversion though. You might get as far as the video. True. And I think if you can really clearly articulate the why, then that's a big, big step in the right direction for actually getting someone across the line. I think, I think that's true. I tried to explain it and I realized that a lot of, it's probably been talking with you about it last night, that a lot of it's me talking to a camera and I need more visual example of how, how, like you said, if you miss this one little clip, you won't even know why did you make this? You know, like, so <clears throat> that's the thing I think I'm going to try and change still, but yeah, happy with it. I'm that's current. A, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say it's like, it's the classic thing for us though, of like getting so caught up in the making of the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the why is often an afterthought or just a sort of, you know, a natural intuitive process of having made the thing. It's like, what do you mean you don't understand? Of course you want one. That happened to me all the time for like the first 10 years I was designing things where either my wife or like my good friend, I'd show them this thing I was working on. What is this for? Why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, like what, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> you just get so locked into like, I'm solving this problem for myself. And then it's like super niche and nobody needs it. Um, I'm currently in, maybe you've experienced this to some degree, uh, what I would like to call Shopify variant hell. Where I've got a sound effect for that. It's so good. I mean, I'm, I'm going to use this one. Oh, good. I'm in laggy version now. I didn't hear that at all. I just got silence. Great, great, great. Shut That's up. working good. Oh, I know why. I have my audio piped in the wrong way. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, you're, well, it's recording from my AirPods. That's good. You're hearing just my AirPods today. Sounds great. Great. So the way that I wanted to set it up with all the options for the pedestals, there was 320 variations. <laughs> and I was like, well, A, that's not possible. Even with plugins, it was not possible to set it up like that. So I was like, I'd started to set up some of it. And I was like, okay, well, what can I cut out? So I moved this drop-in version to a new product of its own instead of having it in there. So that, that dropped me to 80. I still have 80 variations to set up, and that's the simple version. And I've gone through three of them so far, and I realized I need a spreadsheet that's outside this plugin in case I lose this information, because each time I like take a product and associate with other products so that it properly kind of tracks inventory and stuff like that if we need to, and pricing and all that stuff, it's like so many details about each variation that I could spend the rest of the day easily on this. Are you creating... Whilst you might be in Shopify variant hell, are you creating like choice paralysis for your customers? Oh, I don't think so. It, it's so if you take the big, the big variant adder is when you, when you consider you could potentially have 20 pedestals, 20 positions. Mm-hmm. So you have two through 20 as units of how many you could choose. So I could, I could maybe make it like two, four, ah. five, you know, you could skip some, but you take the other two options that have two each. And you times it by 20, all of a sudden you go from like, oh, there's 15 versions to like 80. I said, you a quantity variable rather than a whole another variant. It's an interesting idea. Maybe. Or does it not work? Well, like so if you did the quantity, I think you get, I don't know. I'll look into that. That would be nice because then it would give me a lot more options <laughs> that not just like eat up all my variations because you only do 100 on Shopify. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've been there. Pricing mm, also changes. The other, so the reason that I would do it like this is pricing changes after a certain quantity. I'm like price breaking after okay. a certain number. Yeah. But 
And Shopify is not great at price breaking, is it? I haven't like, done much with it. It doesn't have any capability that I'm aware of. Yeah, it's not a native function, which is weird. Fun. Mm, okay. I, I'm happy at this point that I figured out a way that seems like it'll... it'll it, it's not complicated to look at, in my opinion. Like, you see a quantity, sure. Sure. you choose two other options, that's it. But on the back end, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Crazy. Well, what's cool about this plugin, I've mentioned it before, a simple bundle... Bundles, simple bundles. It puts the all all of the items into the order, so that when you get it on the fulfillment side, you actually have a quantity of like how many risers, how many. It's not just like one line. It's like three bases or three um, pedestal kits, and you're like, what the hell does that mean if you're trying to fulfill it? So it's like a packing Mm. list, almost in a sense. Yeah, awesome. So you you're using an app for that. You got an app for that? I got an app appetizer for that. Simple bundle, what the hell is it called? Just called FC Simple Bundles and Kits. I mentioned it a while back. You have mentioned that, yeah. I will share it. Cool. They have a nice free set, free option, but I think you blow through that pretty quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Is that your Yoda? Sure. You've done that a few times and it's very, Mm -hmm. I like it. I don't know what it is. Do you know what I think it is actually? It's from, I think it's, I think it's my Jimmy DeResta. (laughs) I'm listening to his podcast (laughs) too much. He makes all these kooky little noises. Arr. Yeah, little squeaks. Sweet camera setup in your video. No, you're, you're running like a proper HDMI monitor and stuff. It looks fancy, but there's so it many options so nowadays. I think I spent $60 on that little guy. But it is 4K. Oh. But Amazon, Such it went it. on sale. I think it was on 50 at one point, And I had this bigger one, but it like kind of doesn't. It's like too too big. Again, it was like 115 bucks or something. They're not very expensive. So the quality is not like mm. you don't want to try to do your color correction on these things. But the point is they no, helped no. me Just a little bit larger. It's like I, I did a whole shot where I did like the comparison at the end of the set it up at the back. So, you know, like where you stand to operate the machine a straight on shot. Mm. And then I would put on the original. I put on our drop in version, the full pedestals. And then I would run the machine and I wanted the exact same shot, right? Like compared so I could use them. And I did that. It took uh-huh. me for, you know, way too long. I get done. I get back to my computer at 1230 in the morning on Sunday night. And I'm looking at those shots and two of them were just completely out of focus. And I had it on manual focus mm-hmm. and I was so yeah. frustrated. I just like <laughs> going to bed. This is stupid. So then I went and shot, I put, I put a story about this. I went and shot it in the morning. Same thing. I was like, I can set this up really close. I brought a photo out and I like set it up and I had moved the tripod, unfortunately. All the other stuff yeah. stayed the same and it worked fine. But then, then I shot that one, shot the machine down, turned the lights off, sat down at the computer and a fly was flying through the, she- the shot. I've never seen a fly in a video visibly before in my life. <laughs> so I sit down like, you gotta be effing me. Like what? So I go and do it again, and that's when I made that story. Those stories about like, oh, it turned out fine. But like, I even had a monitor. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't have the monitor when I was doing it the first time, so I couldn't tell that it was out okay. of focus on the camera. That's what yep. I use it for. Long story. Classic. And you got the Sony something something. I always call it an A7, A7. but it's technically an A7 three. There's like three eyes after mm. that. And I yeah, I've been get really good reviews those Sony's. I already had one Sony that was just a more like. I think it's an A6300. I had that since like 2019 or something. It was great, but I kept d- getting into this weird problem of like focus problems and stuff like that. And like, so I was like, mm. all right, we'll step up to the next one. 
And I love this A7 III. It is so just a totally different quality. Like it's so much crisper. The lens I have on it's really nice too that it just feels easier to use, which is kind of all all that matters, right? When you're like yeah. trying to make a thing and you're frustrated <clears throat> by how it works. And yeah, just makes it a lot, lot more streamlined. Yeah, awesome. You've been making some good videos too, mm-hmm. though. I like your, I really enjoyed Thanks, your vinyl, the vinyl stop, stop motion. motion. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that was fun. I was actually just sh- shooting a still for uh, going to print some postcards for record stores. Oh, uh, smart. And so I was just shooting a single still for that postcard graphic. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just take a few extra frames and clickety-clackety. <laughs> half 500 later. shots later. Hey, Aaron, can you come and press the shutter for me while I make this record fall through the air? You need a little handheld remote, man. Those are so useful. Yeah, I need a remote. If I'm going to do any more stop motion. I used to have a remote for my Canon, and it was super handy for doing that. Mm -hmm. I haven't yet set up the Fuji to do remote shooting straight to my computer. I've tried that. I used to to love doing that on uh, Canon, because you can have your computer in the studio, Mm -hmm. even external monitor. Like, if you're shooting vertical, you can have a vertical monitor in the studio and just having, like, as you press spacebar, it shoots and comes straight up on the big monitor. So I need to... Set that up again. That'd be sweet. Um, For sure. But yeah, I love doing stop motion. It's great. It's kind of what I was doing before the furniture thing yeah. started. Like Laura and I were making really dinky little films, but short films. But we won, you know, we won some awards. I think we mm-hmm. we won best film for like three years in a row in this little Melbourne film festival for our That's amazing. That's uh, so, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, a filmmaker. I like that stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, I can never seem to do it in a time frame where it feels like I have I'm I I have enough time to be making a video or like I'm not rushing mm. through it. Man, yeah. I don't know. Never seems like there's it's always like an afterthought. And I was thinking about after mm. I made the video is like not not necessarily on the on the quality side of internal commentary, but just like I've never considered paying somebody else to make videos for me. But it would be so expensive. So expensive ah, to have yeah. a three minute video made and I just Oh, Luckily, yeah. I'm a glutton for learning and punishing myself through new things. So seven years later, I, I can make a decent video. <laughs> I, I had that exact thought watching yours yesterday. I was like, wow, imagine how much this would cost if you paid someone else to come in and do it. <laughs> they spend three days this, just filming. Yeah, To that production level too, like to what you've achieved by yourself <laughs> on your weekend to get that quality, I think, out of an external party would be yeah, be like many, ten, many pe- ten people on set, like <laughs> a, a gaffer and like yeah, somebody with a mic. That's what used to strike me like and... really shock me about the film industry when I was sort of working not in it but kind of alongside and close to it. At times, I worked on a few big sets. It was just it seems so epically inefficient. Having come from like this short film world where we were making little animations by ourselves, mm-hmm. two of us, maybe a third person to help with sound. Yeah. To like these huge sets with like 30 people standing around doing nothing most of the time. I was like, whoa, what a waste of money. Erin always says she wants to be a continuity like expert, you know, like <laughs> when somebody's like shirt changes or like she wants, to, I, I was like, that's so stressful. Or like, did you watch Game of Thrones at all? Yeah. yeah. Where they like had the Starbucks cup in the shot on accident and then they had to edit it out after it went live. It was like on a table in like a medieval castle. <laughs> Which is amazing. So good. Yeah. What's going on with you? 
talked about me too much. Oh, no, no, no. Um, oh, look, things are okay. Things are stable. Um, still sort of struggling internally with my whatever it is. Yeah. Um, change of life, change of profession, change of, life. Yeah, change of business. Yeah, trying to refine the joy of the business. Mm-hmm. I was saying to a friend the other day, like we're both sort of lamenting a little bit. We've both kind of built our dream workshops and now neither of us have the opportunity to actually use them, which is a complainy lie. Like, of course, I have an opportunity to use mm-hmm. my workshop. Mm-hmm. I can go out there anytime I want. But, you know, when you're having a little bit of a whinge, it kind of feels like that at times. No, um, yeah. So, yeah, still but readjusting you- to that, to having some good conversations with people and making progress, I think, feeling a bit better this week. Um, good. And otherwise, work's going well. The website continues to crack on. Our conversion rate's up 430% wow. last month. Month to month. Whatever that means, month to month. Be curious to see it year over year for that month. Year Not that year. you have to do it right now, but... I can um, do that for you, Justin. All right. All right. Uh, up 150% on last year. Wow. I don't know. It's got, I mean, it has to yeah. be navigation as well as you've totally changed your Shopify speed and like all the other factors that help convert. It's, I mean, that's, that's pretty, yeah. um, confirming. Google, like when you look at search console and those tools, like Google kind of hates us as far, as far as I can tell. Like we get pretty poor speed scores, poor like CTS, whatever that. Yep. 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 Click stuff moving on the page score. I've, I've been working more on that this week of like trying to ensure that all the elements Ooh. stay within the same zone on every page and they're not moving and headings are in the same justification because oh. apparently Man, you get downranked if like if something moves from left to right as you scroll and I first so thought you get amazing Google scores. Hmm. What were you going to say? No. I first thought you were going to say you don't get very good search ranking and I was like, it's the band, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> People aren't searching for Gem and the Holograms, surely. No. <laughs> oh, you I mean BTS? Up. BTS. Yes. Yes. Look, BTS, as much <laughs> as I love them, did, did a lot of damage to our um, our organic search when they came out with that Ugh. song. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, uh, the other part uh, of this, I was, when I first switched over our Shopify... I was chatting with Jay quite a bit about this exact thing. I was like, how how do you deal with improving these page scores? Mine are terrible. And they were like, I don't know. We, we, we can't figure it out either. And I was like, oh, good. At least it's all of you <laughs> who can't figure it out. And I'm just like, I don't know. So like the weird thing for me about just the tiny detail is a lot of mine are like file size problems. So like if you put mm-hmm. animations on a page, now they're supposed to be videos, but they like don't embed right. And not GIFs. And if they're GIFs, they're giant files and the page loads slow to get any kind of quality. And then even just like your normal images, you provide it with a reasonable size for somebody's desktop computer. And it's supposed to resize, but it doesn't always provide the right size file. So then it's reading it on the mobile is like way too large of a file size. So it's slow loading and they always do mobile targeted. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't, why do we have to be like web developers to figure this out? Like, isn't that what Shopify is supposed to be doing for us? I don't understand. I know, I know. Yeah, I got rid of all the sort of legacy, all the stuff that would stretch to full width I got rid of this week. Mm. Really? It's previously, we had a bunch of banners that would do that and they were kind of hangovers from the previous theme before we upgraded 
and I just didn't like the way they were formatting. Like they look terrible on a big like 4K monitor like I've got in front of me. And then, yeah, they're kind of, yeah, I don't know. To your point, like there's so much complexity there and like often we, I feel like we're just stabbing in the dark of like, oh, maybe this will help appease the, the algorithms, but yeah, it's really hard to, again, it's just another full-time job that we have to do, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. I have a, we need like a sounder for this. I have a, another one of Justin's big arbitrary questions. I thought about this today and if, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Just laugh. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. The question is, is there something you never thought you could delegate that you've delegated? Oh, good question. I don't have an answer. Yeah, absolutely. Just edit out that huge pause. Well, 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 Don's got it. Look, all of it. Like, early days of butter, I was so, not even early days, just for years and years and years. Like, I would hold everything so close to my chest in terms of wanting to be the one that did it. Mm -hmm. Like, micro example very early on was like, used to make our little plywood boxes and drill the holes in them on a drill press. <laughs> and, you know, setting up, the, when you stack the two boxes, because of the way the butt joint used to work, the hole had to be offset by the thickness of the stock. And so we used to kind of tune the hole position on this jig on the drill press so that when you, you had two assembled boxes next to each other, the, the finger hole lined up nicely mm-hmm. and wasn't offset at all. Simple kind of offset, simple like setup of a fixture on a drill press, not a big deal. But like I used to sort of hold little details like that and like I would always want to be the one who was setting up Mm. the drill press, like doing it for paying someone to help you, but then like doing those elements for them of like, oh, no, I'll do it. I'm quicker. Yep. I can do it more consistently, more accurately, more efficiently, whatever the excuse was. And so like. I feel like there's been things like that over the years where, like, I've just wanted to do everything. And I guess we've proven now that, you know, a lot of that can be successfully delegated. So, yeah, I, I think my answer is just all of it. Like, <laughs> don't know. Yeah, I think that's a great answer, but no, it is. I mean, it's a good example. The thing I was rum- ruminating myself was. There's constantly things where I prove that to myself. Somebody else proves to me, basically, right? Like, oh, that could be mm. taken on. When Andy worked here, particularly, he would, he was like the first one that really started challenging me on, like, you got to give me more of this kind of stuff, you know, like, and nobody nice. really had ever done that. It was always like, you know, whatever I s- suggested or asked, can you do this? They would take on, but he was finally just like, what you know i gotta be able to help with through these other things and i was like this is great i need more of this Mm. but there's constantly stuff that i just feel like there's no way i'll ever be able to give this to anybody else to do and i i think the answer even from just sitting here asking you about it is everything should be should be able to be delegated and it's just a matter of like how or or maybe when or the person or education or i don't know there's a lot. Unfortunately, if you go by what the e-myth or lean standards or something, put it all together, it means that those are a bunch of failures on my end that I can't delegate certain processes mm-hmm. that they're yep. too nuanced and 
goofy and inefficient. And unfortunately, that list is quite long at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. I think at the end of the day is processes and documenting how and why you do something. You know, my current example of something I feel like I can't delegate is photography and video. But I think that's just, you know, mm-hmm. because I haven't you know hired the right person or I've never sort of consciously documented how I set up my flashes or my lights. Yeah. You could theoretically document, you know, all of those processes so that you get that sort of consistency between operators and then have someone come in who, you know, knew what they were doing, had their own talents, (laughs) but could then operate within your framework of what you've established as the norm for your operations. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting question. Kind of a a deep, like, rethinking all the things. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Another interesting thought that came up during that. Mm. I don't do this very well, but we only have a very small team at this point. But like, you know, we do some type of like annual review or you're saying, what do you call them? Walk arounds or walking Uh, times? Hot laps. Yes. Hot laps. All right. So here's the idea. What if instead, especially you with this giant list of products, you do this with your products? (laughs) Like their profitability, their... What you, what's the Japanese word for like, you know, analyzing something for inefficiency? Like you take each product, it, it doesn't have to be you, but it could be someone on the team or maybe it, you know, you split them up and you're like, all right, so what's up mm-hmm. with this product? Should we keep selling it? How profitable is it? Like what's the sales trend? Like, I don't know, just yeah, kind of be great. reminisced Can- the idea of like taking your people reviews that you're seemingly doing pretty well. It's like, there's got to be things that you're making or not making or shouldn't should be selling more of i don't know leaning it up totally yeah i think we're so we're doing okay we we do pricing reviews pretty formally we take that pretty seriously we've tried and failed with a lot of ways of like doing sort of timing reviews in production of like cool right we've got a this variant of this shelf is coming through has been ordered, it's coming through production now, can we get some really tight timing data just on this, just to do, we'll cross-reference it against the pricing and check that everything's okay? You know, on the sort of idea that if it blows out, either we're, like, tweaking the price to the reality or we're having a conversation about, like, cool, how how can we improve Mm -hmm. how we're processing these parts? It's been a bit hit and miss in terms of collecting that data. We've either collected too much and it's been wasted or we haven't collected enough or regularly enough but generally speaking our pricing review structure is pretty good what we're not amazing at is sort of when we do kill products it tends to be pretty knee-jerk of like a knee-jerk reaction of like oh i feel like we haven't sold those rages and they're a pain to make let's just let's just delete it gone you know suddenly overnight it's gone from the website which is a nice you know cleansing thing to do but i feel like that could be done much more critically in terms of like you said like looking at sales patterns mm. collecting mm-hmm. a little bit of data and being or I mean, or even sort of t- yeah as you say taking it for a walk around the block and going what's what value do you still have like, <laughs> and obviously what, what you're can just, you improve gem is just out there carrying a stool around the block talking, talking to, it, to it obviously i didn't mean this to be like you targeted i realized after i said it i meant like royal you one no, and I understood. think about these yeah. things. Think about these things for myself down the road. Sometimes of like, do I mm. want to consider it this way? You know, someday when I have enough products that, that matters, or 
No, I do. It's like I do have things that don't sell, but it's it's, it's hard. Similarly, hard to talk to an, a, a team member about something that's not going well. It's hard to kill a product that's not going well uh, differently. It's different, different difficulty, but is it? I've always found it easy enough, but it feels like we've talked about that mm. there's part of you and there was value there. No, that's and a all, good point. And it's like the value of speaking to a staff regularly. Exactly. I've been thinking yeah. about that this week, actually, is so if we then apply that to product. Exactly. Yeah. The value of having, you know, I mean, we do a three monthly check in with staff, which is like a formal sort of mm-hmm. hour where we go run through a template and chat. Wow. That's fantastic. Even on a weekly basis or even a daily basis, like some staff, I will have a daily five minute check in with or even longer. Yeah. And by just having that structure in place, it means that anything awkward or difficult that has to come up, it's not, you're not going to that person just to have an awkward conversation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. out of the blue. It's like you're just having your regular daily check in and there's good things that come up and harder things that come up. And so it just makes that process. Someone like me who's very conflict adverse, it just makes that way, 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 way easier because you're like, you're just talking to that person every day anyway at a sort of set time. So if you could apply that to product, it'd be like, you know, annual review of products of like, yeah, like how, what's your value? How do you relate to our other products? That was something that came up yeah, when, exactly. in a marketing chat during this few months ago. We've kind of got these different bedroom, we've got like a bedside table and a bed, but they were designed completely independent of each other and the, mm-hmm. the heights don't really make sense. And like, mm-hmm. let's try and sort of consolidate our products so that they work together a bit better. So yeah, I like it. I'm sure it's been done. But not, I don't think it's really unique. But I was just thinking, like, mm, it's cool. You got to consider them in a certain way. Similarly, so yeah. No Yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, I've lost all track of time. Frankly, <laughs> deep in the product launch mm. feelings, I made a new variation of one of the pieces of the pedestals, and design went well. The Things I needed to do CAD-wise, I even dropped it into the existing fixture that I had made for the mill, got the material, material, go to post the code, and got one of the weirdest sequences of fusion crashing things that I've ever had, such that when I reported it to the, the developer at Fusion that I usually say, something's going on here, they were like, this is significant, nobody's ever done this before. <laughs> it's ever, it's never, they have these things called buckets, so... Nobody's ever fallen into this bucket before of like basically <laughs> options that have, I was like, what, twice yeah. in, uh, twice in 30 days I have this kind of thing? Like, what is going on? Am I, how am I doing this? So like what happened ultimately that ver- version of my fusion file completely borked. It will not wow. let me post anything like existing NC setups, NC programs or setups. When I try and post, it continues every time I've orbit the, the screen. It, you know, it it acts like it's going to post and then it just keeps making NC programs every time I orbit. Just a new one every time I orbit. And I think what's going on, which they're working on, <laughs> is I deleted the post for the the problematic crash your machine post. And they were associated with that. Those setups were. And so now it's mm-hmm. like seemingly confused and I have no option mm. to edit them. But if I went back three versions to version 91 instead of four, it's fine. It's fine. So I had like an hour and a half where I could not post from this file or do anything. 
and I was like losing my mind. It's like, I have to make this part to film it to, mm. I was so stressed out by that, but I don't know. Just weird, weird, weird problems I keep finding. Wow. Justin's special bucket. <laughs> Show title. <laughs> Some good ones in here already. Amazing. I don't know if, I don't know. Suits for the casino is pretty good too. I think Justin's special bucket <laughs> takes the cake. <laughs> um, ah, cool. Let's go well, back to my variant hill. Back to your variant hill. Excellent. I don't know what I'm doing this morning. Come up with something quick. Thinking kind of combining your like, you like making videos. And as you're talking about making one of those videos and like how you used to do it in the past, I was thinking, you know, you need a new passion project. I was like, what if you just went a little bit off the deep end and we're like, I'm just going to make a documentary about like butter. And you're just like this in the corner, just like filming everything constantly. And they're like, what is Jim doing? He's, do- he's making a video. I don't, it just like takes like, like a month. <laughs> it, it would come out great, I think, but just uh, re renewing your passion for making videos. But I think, you, I think it's valuable, <laughs> super valuable, right? It's like how people see things of your business. And yeah. Yeah. That is important. Kind of refreshing your presence in a certain sense, you know, like, as you can see the microphone in the screen. Oh, me too. How, how poor oh. of me. Just a little, little, just a tip. Beep, beep. Wow, let's turn the microphones off. Yeah, let's go. Well, mm. have a good day, man. You too. Yep, Thanks. Yep. I'll see you on the other side. Yep. Bye. Bye.